Hi, everyone. I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Audrey Dubour and Dr. Gareth Genegault, respectively product manager and lead scientist at CNBio, who recently joined us for a webinar exploring the value that an organ-on-a-chip approach can bring to drug discovery and development workflows, and how the regulatory landscape is shifting to encourage their widespread adoption. Let's jump right in. First question here. So in the NASH model, you only show Ella Fibrinor and OCA data, but have you also tested other anti-NASH compounds or new drug modalities on your platform? Yeah. Yeah, no, tested both of those two is, I mean, to be fair, they still two of the most advanced compounds that have been tested in, in, you know, in patients within NASH. So there's a wealth of information about them, which is the main reason we selected those. The short answer is we have tested other things. A lot of that has been in projects for customers, so we, we can't really share the data as much so easily. We've tested things like ALK5 uh, inhibitors, which seems to have worked quite nicely. And basically, we're always looking at new compounds to be testing as well. So we've got ongoing projects kind of trying to extend that portfolio of different compounds we've tested within the system. Fantastic. Great answer. Next one here. So this person says they currently use 2D culture. How easy is it to transition from 2D culture into a 3D, the 3D physiomimics assays? It is fairly straightforward when using our system because it still uses an open well plate. So most scientists are comfortable with it. It's still the same setup. There is a bit of transitioning in terms of how you handle the plate because there is some macrofluidic in the system, but it is not too cumbersome. So you don't need to be highly skilled, like for some of the other organon chip out there, that is a very tiny chip where you need to really be careful how you handle your cells and your, and your platform. So it's, it's fairly straightforward to, to set up and get on with a proper like 3D knowledge with it. Fantastic. All right, next question here. Does the CN biosystem support high throughput screening of drugs in small molecules? I'll, I'll take that one as well. Uh, as Gareth showed, and we haven't shown the data, but we have played, well played. We have done work with small molecules like ASOS and Gareth mentioned others for the, the NAS project. So currently our system setup is not high throughput. So it's more medium throughput because you have 12 wells uh, per plate and a system can run up to six plates. So you can go up to 72 really conditions or replicates, depending on what you want to do on the system, which means you can still do some kind of medium throughput in it, but it's not high, high throughput like you would see in a 96 well plate or even more. So uh, the, the the thing is you have to compromise with the macrofluidic in those plates in terms you have to either sacrifice on the level of throughput or in terms of scaling for your tissue and the, the volume of material you want. But it doesn't mean we're not trying to improve that for now. We, we are still working background on, on improving those kind of hurdles to to give organ on ship early access for like researchers as well uh, so they can use it earlier in the preclinical and drug discovery pipeline i would also just quickly mm -hmm. add to that to say that um, it is while it's not super high throughput compared to some of the other organ on chip models it's got a high uh, throughput as well and it is very very standard for us as long we've got enough wells present that we can work on that we do you know uh, triplicate testing of any particular condition or even quadruplicate so it's enough to be able to have those replicates to make sure you've got the you know solid data set fantastic all right yeah, there's a 
good question here. Does the does the system work with IPSC derived hepatocytes? Short answer on that one is yes. Um, I would say that we've not validated it as well as we have the primary cell model, but we can certainly grow the cells in there, demonstrate you know tissue forming and you know production of what you'd expect from hepatocytes in the model. But iPSCs also have their own flaws, as you know all the different cell models do. So we've chosen mainly to to rely on primary human cells, and that's the main model we've worked with. But short, yeah, you can do it. Fantastic. All right, another one here. Can this system replicate liver endothelial finasteride? I'll take that one if you want, Gareth. It's a, it's a tricky question because, so Gareth showed you a co-culture with Kupfer and hepatocytes. So the answer for that one is um, most likely no, because we don't have on the theoretical cells. We currently have only developed up to three cell types in it with the sterilized cells as well for the fibrosis in NASH. So short answer is for now, we don't know because if we were to add on the theoretical cells, we would need to assess that if it's possible or not. But currently in the models we offer, it's a no. Right, makes sense. Can your liver model be used to study low clearance compounds? That's a definite yes. The one of the advantages of having the kind of longevity of, of the actual you know cells you know, lasting for a month long essentially allows you to be able to do longer basic periods of testing things than you normally would. So obviously the, the key part of doing the low clearance side of things is how long the cells survive without any media changes and no fresh media or anything being added onto them. We've certainly done experiments for essentially about four days worth of length without changing the media at all and still having good functionality and being able to detect some of these sort of low clearance compounds as they are being sort of slowly metabolized and cleared from the system. So yeah, that, that is put within the system. Excellent. Yeah, great to hear. Can any organ be recreated in vitro using uh, organ-on-a-chip technology or MPS? And what other organs have you developed using the system? In theory, yes, it is possible. But however, the type of platform, the type of support and the type of fluidic flow you'd need for each organ has to be really tailored to the organ you're targeting. So it is very challenging. Some organs still don't have access to any kind of good primary cells for it. It's very such a niche environment that suppliers don't give those as well. So there's a lot of work to be done. In terms of all the organs we have developed in the system, we have lung models using primary cells and we have a bronchial and alveolar model for that. Quite complex and quite nice. We have some application also webinars, people are interested in it. Obviously we've developed a gut model before using what was accessible. So we started with KCOS and HD29. We are working on assessing how to develop a primary gut model to have something that is more relevant to the human because immortalized cells are always limited in what they can give us. And we also can link those organs to the liver with a multi-organ. We have a lung liver. We have currently the current, current gut model connected with the liver to really increase the studies with the organ crosstalk and to get through the oral bioavailability as well of the compound and see how the metabolism goes through the absorption as well and everything like that. So I think the main answer is you could develop any organs, but there's a lot of work to be done. And uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. definitely. It's a really exciting area of technology right mm -hmm. now. I think a lot of work is going into it, which is really fun. So next question just come in that maybe lets you brag a little bit, but what are the advantages of the physiomimics system compared to your competitors? So it really depends on what type of 
platform you're looking at. If we really focus on proper organ on a chip, so the, the really small chip that you have from different competitors, it's first the initial setup because it's very easy to, to set up. I'm a microbiologist by trade and I can do it in 10 minutes. So it's, it's easy to set up your system and transition to it. The throughput compared to those is also quite important because we can run, as we said, 12 wells in one plate. So if you do a triplicate, you can have four conditions in one plate. So that reduces the cost of your experiments as you can run more uh, replicate in one plate as those chips are quite expensive. It's also in terms of volumes of and tissue scales you get in the system as we get up to one milliliter of media every time you sample. You can get a lot of uh, biomarkers analysis or anything done on any point like that. And the tissue is big enough that we can split the scaffolds in half and run microscopy and any kind of omics on the, on the tissue as well at the same time. So you get a lot of answers with one well that you would need several chips for. Another advantage is because the system is a closed system with the, the liquid recirculating in it, we can also add immune cells, circulating immune cells like PBMCs or LTs or everything like that in the system to really study any kind of immune-mediated responses in the system. I think that's the, the, the biggest one on top of my head. They are probably more and I could find them if we had the time, but I think we can answer more questions. Perfect. We actually did have a question, but it sounds like you just addressed it but maybe you could elaborate a little bit. question was, can you customize the physiomimics models, for example, by adding in extra cells like circulating immune cells, exactly as you said? Yes, maybe I'll let Garrett answer a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. No, so one of the nice things with this is, you know, everything's kind of, the structure of the plates, for example, you know, you've got a lid and everything, it's kind of familiar to how you do like a standard 24-world plate in terms of scale. And that means it's quite flexible. So you can add the specific cell times you want into. So for our liver model, you know, we do hepatocytes on their own, hepatocytes plus copper cells, hepatocytes plus copper and stellate cells. There's no reason we couldn't add the endothelial cells into there if we wanted to go down that route. I suspect we probably will be doing that as a task in sort of the next set of experiments. And then immune cells are certainly able to be added into the system as well. It's an advantage of having that circulating media. You can add the immune cells in. You can see how they flow and go past. You can look at how they can attach the other cells present within the system, the effect they have on the, the kind of immune response in your model as well. So yeah, no, that's, that's uh, it's certainly possible. Great answer. All right, short question here. Are your plates made of glass and are they disposable or reusable? I'll take that one. So the plates are made of plastic, like cellular plastic. It's called COC, which stands for cyclic olefin copolymer. It is currently the material available with the lowest non-specific binding properties you can find in the market. So we use that, especially for drugs, as drugs we know can attach to the plastics and everything. So we can reduce that and make sure that the effect we see is what the drug would actually do in terms of toxicity or efficacy in the, in the liver. And they are unfortunately not reusable because it's plastic and they come gamma sterilized with the components. And you wouldn't want to have any dried media in between your experiments being like there and compromise and bias your data as well. Well, so it's a single use, but you can use for them for over a month if necessary as well. So you can really have extended long-term assays with the same plate as well. Fantastic. Great answer. This person said, it's not clear to what extent one can study the 3D arrangement of cells in this system. Can you just shed a bit of light on this? Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to cover that. So the... Um, 
essentially in our liver model, what you have is is a, a scaffold-like structure with pores going through it. I already showed some images and everything of that. And basically what we are doing really is we're having a mixture of the hepatocytes and cupfers and stellate cells seeded and mixed within that. But what you still find is because you've got this single directional flow, you do start to get, you know, the cells being polarized, you start to get the formation of biochemical lines. You do get those structures that you would get in the 3D, the 3D structure of the cells. And you, as I said, that polarization because of that single direction of flow that starts to occur within the system. Now, the reason we do it in those structures, so you end up with these almost like it's almost like rings of cells through the pores, these kind of 3D structures that occur. It's getting the maximum kind of surface area of the cells, having the media go past them. And then that's one of the major ways we keep the cells maintaining the functionality. So it's that increase of the oxygen getting to the cells and the nutrients being able to get to the cells. But yeah, that, that structure, you could probably see it in the, in the slide of the Q&A session at the moment, particularly a little bit on the right. You get these little almost like holes. The media can go through past the cells. And that's not a monolayer of cells you see there. That is actually a... Um, it's got a certain depth to it. So, you know, if you're doing confocal microscopy, you tend to do multiple Z stacks across it to be able to obtain the information you need. So I hope that helps. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.